The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Media Match. A roundtable of Cowboys insiders. Dropping wisdom. And offering sizzling takes. On the current state of your Dallas Cowboys. Now your host, Nui Scruggs. Welcome to the Mini Mash right here on DallasCowboys.com radio. It's about to be pinned. It already is, boy. It already is. That's fine. That's fine. John Machota's choosing violence today. Oh, man. John Machota, the athletic. Kevin Gray, 1053, the fan. And Patrick. I feel like we get true, Pat. I feel like we need to like go in the other room and just let you know. I'm Newy Scrub. I'm grabbing popcorn. Enjoying my Deja Blue. Hey, there you go. There you go. Uh, so, there so you there go. go. Nice plug, by the way. That's good. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> Cowboys Help facing, you cool off a little bit. <laughs> facing the Eagles. Yes. I'm expecting Gardner Minshew. With Jalen Hurts on a short week, throwing shoulder, you got – you're going to make – you've made the playoffs. you got bigger playoffs. I, I am thinking it'd be silly to play him. Let's just go around the room and get your thoughts. What do you think happens at the quarterback spot for the Eagles? I think Gardner plays. Um, I, I think that the, the Philadelphia Eagles are going to take it to the wire and make it all. It's a game-time decision, but I think they've already made the decision because they only need to win one more game to clinch the uh, the number one seed, uh, and they have bigger goals in mind. So you definitely don't want to risk Jalen Hurts to uh, a game that means so much for the Cowboys to try to stay in the hunt, and then especially the two games thereafter. So, yeah, I think Gardner plays. Yeah, I think Gardner Minshew plays. It's just sad that I feel like the sizzle of this game over the last couple of games is, at least for me, has kind of been taken away. The Cowboys lose to Jacksonville on Sunday, and then you get the news about Jalen Hurts, who's obviously you know in the MVP race, and now obviously with the Cowboys' outside chances of winning the NFC East and the number one seed in the NFC all gone now, it's just taking a little bit of sizzle away from me in terms Fair. of this game. But I expect Gardner Minshew to play in this game on Saturday. Yeah, I do too. It actually kind of reminds me of the NBA where – you know, there's those years where whether it was like the Spurs and the Lakers or maybe even the Warriors and Cavs where, you know, you get that Christmas Day game you're all pumped for. You're like, oh, this could be a preview. And then like a key player doesn't play on either team. So it's not the full roster. You know, there's always someone missing. That's the way this seems because I just feel like these two teams are destined to meet again in the playoffs. You oh, know? Yeah. And so then now there'll be a ton of hype behind that game. It'll be at Philly, probably in the divisional round. And, and mm-hmm. so that'll take over for this one. But because of this the way that the the Cowboys played on Sunday and then Jalen Hurts not being out there, that just is not going to have the same feel. But uh, it'll be... It'll have a really bad feel, though, if, if that does happen <laughs> yeah. and, the Cowboys, mm-hmm. and the Cowboys lose that game. Cowboys are favored. Mm-hmm. They're favored in this football game. And I said on the, the Players' Lounge podcast, they're going to run the ball. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, this is real simple. Gardner Minshew, now look... Not going to run like Jalen Hurts, but they're still going to run the football because this has been a problem for the Dallas Cowboys. Travis Etienne had basically been in pedestrian mode the past two weeks. He breaks off a hundred yards, mm-hmm. and the dude wasn't even he wasn't even healthy. No healthy. So, yeah. So, so you know, no matter what the quarterback was, the game plan was to run Gardner Minshew. You know, he's going to go out there and turn around and Sanders and and, and their host of running backs here. I mean, it's it's a it's Anybody facing the Cowboys not running. Foolish. Correct. Well, I mean, now you can look, though, across the way and see whoever the number two corner is. And while, yeah, I'm sure the game plan would be to run the football, I'm sure if you were going to be Jalen Hurts coming into the game, you're going to be licking your chops and looking at Devontae Smith going against whomever 
whether it be Patrick or myself, whomever's going to be playing corner for the Cowboys. <laughs> I'll take that game on, <laughs> on Saturday. Uh, they were going to be licking their chops. But, yeah, definitely going to be protecting Gardner Minshew with the run game and uh, let him take some chances and some play action, I think. And, and, and I do believe they're still going to look to run the ball. Um, but, and I said this on Talking Cowboys this morning, the game plan is, is still going to be uh, not necessarily wildly different, but it's going to be different versus if Jalen Hurts were in the game. And, and it's because while Gardner Minshew has some mobility, he and Jalen Hurts in that category are not even in the same galaxy, right? So with Jalen Hurts in, it's a run first, run first, run first, and then let's get it downfield. And that run in that run first scenario, it could be you have backs or it could be Jalen taking off. But when you switch Jalen out for Gardner – as a Cowboys defense, you have to be aware of Gardner, but you know you can tra- track him down if he tries to burn the edge. That's a different situation from Jalen Hurts. And also, you know that unlike uh, what you were able to do or unable to do against Trevor Lawrence, you know if you get your hands on Gardner Minshew, you're much more likely to get him to the ground than Jalen Hurts if you get your hands on Jalen Hurts. So for those things alone, advantage Cowboys, and it's just a matter of, like Kevin so eloquently put it, it's not obviously not Trevon Diggs. It's not Deron Bland. Who's that cornerback, too, that's playing opposite Trevon Diggs? That's where Gardner's going to be targeted. That's probably the most disheartening thing coming out of that loss on Sunday is that that loss and the Green Bay loss, you had those opponents exactly where you want them, Mm -hmm. where they have to throw. You can pin your ears back. And again, hey, Trevor Lawrence, Aaron, the way he played in that game, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, it's not like it was just nobody that went there and did that. But the way that this Cowboys defense is playing right now, if Gardner Minshew came out there and was slinging it around and was playing, having an exceptional game, we have to see this defense make stops against it because we can't judge them on what they were at the beginning of the season. We have to judge on what we've seen them recently. And so, but the main part of that is, is what you said. It's that other cornerback spot. You know, you can't be getting beat on double moves when you have, mm. you know, a 17-point lead oh, and, and, and giving up big touchdowns like that. You know, and, and that's happened with Calvin Joseph this game. Uh, you know, Jerron Bland gave up the big one uh, against the Packers when those games are where, where they were at. With what we thought this Cowboys defense was, those should have been just, you know, the game's over. Let's close that out. So uh, I'm, I'm interested to see how they play against the Eagles. I was I wanted to see how they were going to play with Hurts because I really felt like this Cowboys team coming off the way they played recently were going to have their best game. Now with Hurts not being there, I just think psychologically, I don't know if you are going to see the absolute best out of this Cowboys team. I think I – think... It would behoove them to provide their best coming off of the loss in the way that they did. Now, we talked about Jacksonville, and and everyone here can agree. And this was pregame, so this is not in hindsight. Jacksonville is a better team than the Houston Texans. They're a better team than the Indianapolis Colts. Jacksonville offensively has horses. They have Zay Jones, Marvin Jones, Travis Etienne. You know he's going to test this run defense, especially when you lose LVE in the first quarter, so forth and so on. Boom. Here's another Eagles. Here's an Eagles defense that also, guess what, has horses. Mm-hmm. And every in every, sta- every stable offensively, and if I'm not mistaken, Dallas Goddard is on the way back. Yeah. Yes. Right. So Dallas, Dallas Goddard right back in this mix with Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. And, again, you don't necessarily have to worry as much about Gardner Minshew coming out of the backfield as a runner, but you have to now worry about him being a pass first. And you don't necessarily know the answer to your CB2 question just yet. So it's a glaring red mark sitting there on the bulletin board. Bart Scott, when we used to do uh, NBC Sports Radio together, he would always, always tell Nui styles make fights. Football is like that. And – Philadelphia is basically it was beat. I mean, uh, put together to beat the Cowboys like 
This is what we That's need. Facts. We need. And, and That's facts. There's like a real I, irony to that too, by the way. That I was thinking and, about. And right now, you just kind of look. You look at the Cowboys' deficiencies, and you look at the the, the, the advantages for Philadelphia right now. Hey, man, it, it's a problem. So, thus, you used to need some pride, or maybe you pull a <laughs> rope a dope rumble in the jungle on, on Saturday night at, at yeah. AT&T Stadium. But, but um, just looking at this thing on, on paper right now, and just looking at where, where the Cowboys have some question marks, you're like, wow. Um, That's interesting you say that, though, about the styles make fights. So um, I agreed with that to a certain extent, but I also think at the end of the day it's about the players on the field. And I don't look at this Cowboys roster and see a team that, geez, I hope they can just scheme it up and maybe they can hang with – no, this is roster is, is loaded. Yep. That will be the thing that will, will be deciding jobs at the end of the season if this thing comes up short. Yep. It's, begin- it's not going to be because, oh, it's another disappointing Cowboys. It's because of what's out there. It's what's out on the field. Nobody, front office – Scouting, coaching staff, players, nobody in this building thinks that they're, they don't have the talent. Well, so the there is going to have to be something uh, scheme wise, players stepping up, whatever, but they have the talent there to, to get to the Super Bowl. Okay. So you've looked at this defense the last three weeks. You've lost guys. I mean, you've lost your starting nickel. You start, lost your starting outside corner. Uh, Jonathan Hankins. Cool. And, and, cool. and if you give me the option to sign up for that or losing my starting quarterback, my backup quarterback, my number one playmaker, everything in Debo Samuel, like, and that, that ship just keeps rolling. Yeah. So that's, that's how football is. You're going to lose guys like that. They still got Dak Prescott out there. They still got CeeDee Lamb. Still got Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, Trayvon Diggs. I mean, I think there's a lot of people that would like to be dealt that hand of cards. And, and to that point, they lost Dak Prescott five games, went 4-1. and one. So, uh, you know, there you go. Right, it up. So go around the table. How What did you have the Cowboys winning in terms of uh, games this year? Oh, I think 10 or 11. 11. I had 12 and 5. Okay, so they're on point right now for, for what you guys thought yeah. here. Mm-hmm. I had them at nine. Um, but coming down the stretch right now, you know, they're holes. And they're not the same defense that they were the first eight games of the year. You've lost guys. And so we could talk about what they're doing in San Francisco here. Um, despite his ability in Super Bowls, I think Kyle Shanahan's a really good coach. Fourth quarter Super Bowl, I don't know what happens. But um, <laughs> you, know, you saw what happened. They're, they're really good. Twice. D'Amico Ryan should be somebody's head coach next year. Um, what they've done with Brock Purdy and his ability with quarterbacks, hey, this guy, this, this guy's really, you know, he's really, really good. But come Saturday, when I look at what Philadelphia does well and where Jerry talked about, we got some concerns and issues right now. Got some stuff to fix. Vegas still says the Cowboys are favored to win this thing. Yeah. They build buildings, make a lot of money out there for a reason. And the Cowboys could very well win this thing. But with Tennessee and Washington left, I've got concerns about where this team ends up. It's funny. I want to go back to a point you made about how these styles make fights and how Howie Rosen has built this roster. I was thinking about something the other day, and the Cowboys, based on what they had personnel-wise just a couple of years ago, what did the Philadelphia Eagles do? They went out and got Darius Slay. Right. One of the big reasons why Darius Slay was acquired by Philadelphia was the work that he did against Amari Cooper. So you were talking about how Philadelphia has been built to try and beat the Dallas Cowboys. They have been yep. planning for this for the last year, two years, based right. on what they feel like they could build roster-wise. And it's just ironic that Slay is still with the Eagles, and of course Amari Cooper no longer around here. And now there's questions about what your wide receiver room is looking like outside of CeeDee Lamb based on some of the things we've seen. Despite the way that Noah Brown played on Sunday for the most part in one of the biggest plays of the game – what happens? And it's, not the, it's not the first time, nor will it be the last time you see an NFC East rival or a divisional rival um, build 
take a one, two, three year approach to dethroning whoever might be dominant at the time. The Cowboys did it in the RG3 era. They were getting the floor wiped with them by RG3 when he first came in out of Baylor in those, you know, couple of years before injury really took hold. And it took them switching their entire scheme. They went from 3-4 to 4-3 and then put some personnel in place and all of a sudden they overtook RG3. Uh, and now you're looking at the Eagles trying to do that. We'll see how the rest of the season pans out. But to your point, the Eagles most certainly did it. But for me, it, it just goes back to the Cowboys and, and I love what, what John said. It's as much about scheme as it is for me, execution. If you look at why... Go back and look at the film and ask yourself, simple question, why did the Cowboys lose this game against the Jaguars? Yes, roses to the Jaguars because, as I said, they have horses. They have a talented head coach, a talented quarterback. They have Zay Jones. They have all these weapons. But the Jaguars didn't win that game. The Cowboys lost that game. right? And it's because of execution errors. The, the first interception from Dak Prescott, you can't throw that. You can't throw that. Take the sack. Check it down. Try to get a couple yards. Live to fight another day. He said it himself. He's willing to admit that. Great. Fine. The the interception that was the tip drill to Noah Brown. Kudos to Noah Brown. He took full accountability. He said there are no excuses for that. He's right. And there aren't. Dak Prescott put that ball where it needed to be put. It hit Noah right in the shoulder pads. Tipped up in the air. Pick six ball game. It's those types of errors. Kelvin Joseph biting down on the double move after you've already given him space and you're up 17 points. You can't have that. Then Marvin Jones puts him in the blender for the second touchdown. It's execution, right? Even Anthony Barr, who I'm still high on, he did not have a great game. Travis Etienne, the speed took advantage of Barr when LVE was not on the field. These are execution issues. If you clean up the execution issues, and to their credit, they've cleaned up the penalties. They had only two penalties. Is this the same team that was going through the penalty mm-hmm. demic? As, as soon I call as you it? think that's gone, no, that will come back. I trust me, right. that will happen. <laughs> and I'm hey, hopefully not, but you, might, <laughs> but you might not be wrong because we've seen it kind of going in flux. Different officiating for me. It's just yeah. for me. There it's just go. execution. This this Cowboys team, uh, I the of their four losses, you can't point at a single one of them and say. The other team flat out beat them in the head. Even back in week one, 19-3, that wasn't them getting beat in the head. They played the worst football I've seen in a long time as far as the Cowboys offense is concerned. So the question becomes, can they consistently stop shooting themselves in the foot? Can they consistently execute to keep the run defense shored up, to keep the penalties problem from showing back up, so forth and so on? And if they can then yes, this is a Super Bowl team. If they cannot, sooner or later, you're going to have an overtime loss that might be in Philly in the NFC Conference Championship. And oh my. Let's Let's take our first break here. (laughs) Jerry Jones has thoughts on Dak Prescott. Odell Beckham Jr. will go around the table and – Think out loud <laughs> about what Gerald Wayne Jones had to say on 105.3 The Fam. Mm-hmm, that's right. With Kevin John, uh-huh. John Mishota, <laughs> Kevin Gray, Patrick Walker, <laughs> New Express Media Match right here on DallasCowboys.com Radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 
5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the Cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Equal housing lender. Credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. The season is finally here. For months, we've been gearing up to win. Now it's time for the team that performs on any field. United Ag and Turf. With John Deere zero turns for mowing, compact tractors for loading, mini excavators for digging, gator utility vehicles for hauling, implements for grading, hay tools for baling, United Ag and Turf for winning. The official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com for more. Back Back, back, to Media Mash. Media Mash! Boy, lots to still dive into after the Cowboys losing overtime in Jacksonville. Patrick Walker, you got Kevin Gray. Got John Mishota, Athletic, 105.3 The Fan, DallasCowboys.com, mm-hmm. NBC5. All right, so Jerry's on the radio. John's tweeting it out. He gets it out faster than John. I just want to know how John is like sitting in position, like how and Pat, him and Patrick are like sitting in position just waiting on Jerry's words. Like, are you just sitting there, you just ready to go and just ready to tweet that thing out as soon as he says it? Or you, you know, wait for the whole thing to get done and transcribe it and then no. get it out there? It's go, immediate. Go as soon as he says something that you think is of note, Yeah, you know? I mean, that, that's the maestro right there. I know. I've always wanted to ask yeah, him that. Like, are you just sitting there just waiting, just ready yeah. to? Yeah, I'm sure okay. his process yeah. is very oh, yeah. fan okay. All right. Uh, yeah. Jerry you said really that. Want to know? Here, this is how, how David goes. I, I got it all already written out on my phone. Cowboys owner Jerry Jones at 105.3. <laughs> I have a uh, old-fashioned radio because uh-huh. that's about 10, 15 seconds faster than it is if you mm, do it off the way. you stream it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, I'm on it. All right. I'm telling you, I got my job. Because no, I see. No, I, I, got see. My, I got my job because of those interviews. I'm telling you. As I oh, really? When I was when I was freelancing all the time, I would always be writing something off of Jerry, and, uh-huh. and it would do good. It would do clicks. Yeah. Because nobody else was really doing that of every single one, but I was sitting there and I was in a position where I'm not going out there every day, and so I can't write the same stuff that the other beat writers are. So I would do that all the time, all the time, all the time, and then eventually they were like, "Why don't you go out to Valley Ranch more?" And then so I did, and kept going, kept going, and then eventually got hired full time. The grind, the grind, right there, man. If I would, if I would have been born here, though, I never would have done that. Fan it's because go. I was born in Detroit, and the owners and GMs are never made available. So when I moved down here, I'm just like, wait. He's going to talk twice a week on the radio yeah. during the season like that. Content. Like I'm like, well, I'll just write off. Yeah, because I was all web. It was morning news website and Fox Sports Southwest website. So it was like you put up as much words and as much content if you want. You know, they're just trying to get as right. much clicks as possible. And so I was like, wait, he's going to talk. Mm-hmm. You know, and then Stephen too. I was like, 
oh, I'll be able to find something, at least one thing to write off of every yep. time, you know, give me, you know, something to do. You're trying to put out as many pieces of content as possible or whatever. So it was, that part was great for me. I know that there's a lot of people that roll their eyes at it, you know, when you're tweeting and they'll be like, nobody cares or whatever. Like, I'm like, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, th- no yeah. people no, care. People Trust care. me. They people care. care. People care. Yeah, very much so. Uh, outstanding is what Jerry Jones said about the game that Dak Prescott played. So, Kevin, your thoughts? I thought he was good. I mean, what did he go? 15 to 16, I believe, in the first half. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I thought he was great. I mean, obviously, you want to have the two throws back that he had, but I thought he commanded the offense. You go up to, you, I mean, yeah, yeah. the, the, yeah. And after you go, and I had to correct myself because I went back and looked at the replay and said, oh, yeah, his arm did get hit yeah. on the one, you know, that he was trying to get to, to Schultz. But I thought he commanded the offense well. I thought, I mean, you got out to what, a 27 to 10 lead. And again, Things kind of just snowballed all of a sudden because your defense kind of let you down. But I thought Prescott was—he was not the reason why you lost the game on Sunday against Jacksonville. In my mind, yeah, I don't think he was the reason either. Um, and I thought it was one of his better games this year. I, I, it's funny because you know nationally, you'll you'll see that oh these interceptions are adding up. He's got the most I think any quarterback since Week Eight, or whatever. So those are going to be the headline grabbing things. So when he throws interceptions, particularly pick six that loses the game, it's easy for people that didn't watch the game or haven't watched the other games right. to mm-hmm. just say, hey, this is just more of the same. And so like yeah, that last interception certainly wasn't on, wasn't on him. The interceptions are of concern, but even with that, you can play devil's advocate. Just like with the penalties, you know, the penalties so long we talked about that, and you're like, well, you know, Seattle won a Super Bowl being the most penalized team. Last year, the quarterback that won the Super Bowl was Matthew Stafford. Nobody threw more interceptions than him during the regular mm-hmm. season. And and so, just between <laughs> us here, I uh, I don't think Mike McCarthy is going back in that locker room or in that locker room or after the games and telling Dak and meeting rooms or anything that hey man you need to chill out he's not. you need to chill out he's saying no no full speed ahead and that his, yeah. his quote yesterday about that exactly. is keep exactly shoot. what he's telling keep Dak shooting. He, now he'll come out there and he'll appease us in press conferences and stuff and talk about like no of course we don't need interception no no he wants him to continue to be aggressive but when they when they keep having those interceptions he's not going to come up there and say like no it's fine we can we can have interceptions but inside I I think he's fine with that because. He knows for them to go ultimately where they have to go. They're going to have to put up points, and you're not going to be able to put up points against good teams if he isn't aggressive, if he is just taking checkdowns and what the defense they're giving him. That Prescott, yeah. made, he made a mistake or two, but I agree. He played very, very well. Um, you know, there's a third quarter low, which is kind of weird for a Cowboys team that typically comes out of the uh, halftime mm-hmm. firing in the third quarter. So not exactly certain what happened there with the field goals and the quick three and outs and things of that nature. But for the most part, in totality, Dak Prescott was not the reason the Cowboys lost. Um, the only thing was that because the defense had such a bad day, the offense and Dak Prescott couldn't save the day. And I mean, they actually, I mean, they did. I mean, they got you back the 34 31 lead. Did. And then you get the turnover from Curse, and you think, oh, all right. This has to be it. With 90 seconds, this you're going to go ahead it. and. Uh, they they had know. two jobs to do. They, yeah. They did the first, they got the touchdown. Mm-hmm. Defense got you the ball back. Yep. Mid-30s. Time to end it. Yep. You're to supposed curse. to close the show. Curse yeah. Did it. So, and they didn't do it. Where do you sit on the, on the interceptions with Dak in this game and then the totality of since he's come back from the uh, injury? The thing I talked about was just looking at the two losses. And, 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 and as I was asking the questions to, to, to guys in the locker room, um, the two losses now, the same thing. Turnovers led to other points getting beaten in overtime. Where you had commanding, it's not like hey, we're a four. No. Yeah, commanding mm-hmm. leads here. Yeah. yeah, and we can debate arm hit two guys in the wrong place against Green Bay. All that. Bottom line is the two pit two picks in Green Bay, fourteen points. 
Two picks here in Jacksonville, 14 points. Mm-hmm. They're not good enough. Okay, They're just not good enough yeah. to turn the ball over. Like The old uh, um, greatest show on turf, Kurt Warner and those guys, mm-hmm. even Patrick Mahomes and those guys, they could do that. This team's not good enough. Yeah. And... Uh, but you score 34 was, points, you should win that you gotta game. Win, you okay. got to win you, that game. Yeah, you're right. You, you score 34. Game. And guess what? It sh- and, and how should it have been won? Get, get your minute 36 three yeah. rings on out here yeah. and close the show. See, okay? Here's you know, the you're, you're, you're there. You're deep, despite, because we argued about this yesterday a little bit, despite all the 500 yards, whatever the defense gave up, when you needed it, Mm-hmm. They stripped Trevor Lawrence. They gave you the football. I'm on the sidelines at that point in time, standing next to him. <laughs> you know, we're thinking it's over. We're looking at the Jacksonville bench. They thought it was over. Sure. Okay? Pack that thing up and go. But they didn't. You've got to do that. It's and- all such a butterfly effect, though, Nui, because it- – the the blame for the Cowboys not executing in that final three plus minutes it it lands squarely on them. Fact. But did your coaches that, help you? That, did your that, coaches help you in that situation? But that situation doesn't exist if you don't get Zay Jones getting Kelvin Joseph to bite down on that double route. If you don't get Marvin Jones getting the best of Kelvin Joseph because he feigns inside to get Joseph leaning just long enough for him to spin back to the out and get a walk into right. touchdown. So and that's all what that, I'm saying. It, it, my all point, that, you, it you still, all matters. You still had, just like in Houston, yeah. you had the walk opportunity to walk out there you with him. Mm-hmm. You, you were going to be Kurt, sneak out the bed. Curse right? tried, <laughs> right? yeah, tried to delete it all. Yeah, and, tried and, to delete it They had a 92% chance of yeah. winning the game after J. Ron Curse fought for yeah. the yeah. You and I are standing right there. We're, we're thinking it's done. Yeah. I, I'm sure the, we all, yeah, we all had are. the magic wand. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, like, I'm looking, I don't know about you, but I was looking at the sideline. It was a look of defeat by those guys over there. So look oh, at the real quick, just because I, I I feel like I say this all the time, I'm gonna come off like a Josh Allen hater, but I just I get so annoyed how he's praised for the way he plays, and then they're so critical of Trevor Lawrence on that fumble. I'm like, Josh Allen plays the same exact way. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> not to mention they're not in the game without Lawrence. Real quick, I just want to throw this in here. This is the quote I was talking about. This might be my favorite Mike McCarthy quote of, of the year. Seriously, uh, what I was telling Patrick about when he was talking about Dak's interceptions on that last one, he said that ball was placed right where it needed to be. But other than that. I thought he played an extremely high level. And most importantly, most importantly, he repeated, he needs to keep firing. He needs to keep going. So let's make that clear because we're not slowing down. Like that was just really in the face of anybody that thinks that, oh, we're going to dial back the offense because there's this interception problem. That's that's Jim Fossil. Who's all, who's, I put my chips all in. I like it. I like it. Well, what's bothering me? I do. I like that. Riverboat Dak. What's bothering me about this whole thing with Dak Prescott is, Fans want this player to be in the top echelon of the quarterbacks with the Allens and the Mahomes. It's like They want him to play at a top-five level. You can't have it both ways, the aggressiveness that Dak Prescott's right. shown, and then get upset when at times you'll get turnovers from him because you'll see the same kinds of turnovers from Mahomes, from Allen, whomever you want to put in that top category. Those guys play the same way. So I'm going to have to live with some of the mistakes that he makes because if I want him to be a guy that's a reason why you're winning deep into the playoffs like how those guys do, you're going to have to live with some of that. And what and what he just said, we could really just take this thing and change it into an Eagles podcast and you could say the exact same thing about, about Jalen Hurts, Jaylen Hurts yeah. getting hurt. It's like, yeah, he got hurt on that play, but you want him to play that way. Yeah. You can't sit there and be like, oh, he got hurt. We shouldn't be running well, if you're not running it, you're not going to get to where you want to mm-hmm. go. So that just, it kind of, you know, it comes with it. Jimmy Johnson used to say, it's not about the plays you make. It's about the mistakes you don't make. 
True. And you just look I get it. and you look at their last two two losses, both overtime losses where they were commanding leads in the second half. Um, the mistakes cost them. And I'll say it till the cows come come home. This team is not good enough to go out here and commit turnovers. We saw it in Houston. Turpin, bam, fumbling the ball, they go right down the field. I do think and, they're and they fine score. with one a game. I would take one a game right now. Well, if they could do one a game, though, they they could get to the Super Bowl yeah, on one a game. Yeah, well, we but saw, two, saw two or more, yeah, yeah you we are saw, getting We issue. saw the second would cost them. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And it is a fine line, though. I mean, I'm not talking about beating Texans and, and Jags. I'm talking about winning multiple games in the, in, the, in the playoffs. I don't think you can be conservative. I think you got to kind of be on the edge to to do what Joe Burrow did last year, to do what Matthew Stafford did last year, and get their teams to the Super Bowl. Like, I don't think there was anything cautious about how either one of those teams nope. played. And, may, and I, maybe I'm just a prisoner of the moment because that's yeah. the most recent one, but I just feel like the NFL is kind of changing in a way also where Cowboys blow 17-point lead, blow 14-point. Like, yeah, it just it's— What the that, Colts did you brought up Minnesota. You brought up the San Francisco 49ers, and, and you know, Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo was basically neutralized in those playoff games. Especially right, because I don't think he has the ability to play on the edge I'm talking about. And, and, but and I'm so saying, that's why they also are one of the most formidable teams in the NFL and have been for a few years, but that's also why I— why people talk about how they would be tough for the Cowboys to play. I agree. I also don't think there's any way they're hosting, hoisting the trophy at the end either. The 49ers will not win the Super Bowl. They will be a thorn in the side for some teams, but they, they're, their style of play with Brock Purdy's and Jimmy Garoppolo's, they're not holding the trophy at the end. When they needed a throw from Garoppolo in the Super Bowl against Kansas City. Mark it. We'll bet whatever you want. Let's go. When they needed a throw from Garoppolo in the Super Bowl against Kansas City, he couldn't do it. Where was it? He couldn't do it. Well, here was my issue there. Why are you asking that guy to do it? At that, that's that, but again, but, yeah. But at that point in time in the game, you're up double digits. You're hurting them with the run. Why did you go do that? It was it was it was like you know, with the Kellen Moore back. What are we doing? <laughs> why? Why? Just tell me why. Yeah. <laughs> After the game, what did the Chiefs say? Sure enough, glad they stopped running. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, that you know, I mean, this is. Kyle in the fourth quarter, you know, okay. <laughs> Julio makes the tap dance, and they're about to win. Oh, no, no, we're going to sit up here and we're aggressive. Next thing you know, the holding call, and you got a punt. And, and that's what I was asking you about. Did your, co- did your coaches help you in that fourth quarter with 96 seconds left? Did, no. Did your coaches help you there? No. Because we really haven't talked about, you know, the Mike McCarthy game management, situational management type thing. That came into play, I thought, in that 96 seconds and the Cowboys having a chance to salt it away. Mickey fought me about I that. All right, what are you talking about? Are you talking about on the, on the, the third, third and ten? The third down. The, the whole no drive, break. I thought. The 20, especially 27 the third. Second are, are you talking drive. about when they ran twice and then they tried to hit Noah Brown? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I have an issue with the play call on that, but I'd love the. I mean, yeah, again, I couldn't sit here and tell you that that's my favorite Mark McCarthy. Mike McCarthy. And they tell you, <laughs> and they tell no, you, that you did like it. No, I, I totally think that I like that play. Like uh, I was just telling them in, in, during the break, um, I don't like the call. I like it in a situation where you have a couple of shorter routes. If those aren't there, if there isn't something wide open, deck go down to a knee. Make them take that time yeah. out. We punt the ball over to them. That's what you do. That's what I. That's what I, the only thing I had an issue with. But going for it and and, uh, and, th- and being open to throwing on that, I had no problem. And that's with that. exactly what, what we were talking but, about. But I what's agree the with goal the at that point in time? Get a first down and the game. Okay. Yep. Does that third and ten play help you accomplish that? So so no. no but t- to his point and what we were agreeing on is the aggressiveness we're totally fine with. But you got to have an out. That yeah. You got to have a release yeah. valve. In yeah. that I don't hate Dak running on that play. Right. You know, they, and even which, going down, he gets five yards, valve. slides. That's yeah. it. It's like, which hey, I tried. Make them burn the time out right. in that play. Yeah. That or an underneath route. Because I'll be honest, with you, I really like. I really like the. Uh, uh, we were standing there. And they did that uh, where the play started, 
and Tony Pollard was out wide, and they brought him, and, he, and they pitched to him. I think that's the one that they got. Did they get three or four yards? I don't know. I like that in that yeah. situation as opposed I, to just turning around oh, and handing John it. John and I, we are, we are kindred spirits. I, I said this to Nick Eatman, that very same thing. Yeah, I did like yesterday that. Yesterday evening. I said, okay, well, they saw the little trick play shovel pass work right. uh, in the first quarter, and in that instant, that was a perfect time to do it. Yeah. And we, we didn't see it again. I did not like the Noah Brown going yeah. deep and throwing it up to the <laughs> but back I do shoulder like fade. Aggression. I did not like that. I like the aggression. They, yeah. they, you, you, you used two plays. They had to call timeouts. It's third down. Put them out there. Let Dak run it. But the bottom line, the goal, I need them to burn the timeout. To burn the timeout. Yeah. yeah. I need them to burn the timeout. The aggressive stuff, like I said, this is, this is Kyle Shanahan, the Super Bowl against the Patriots. It didn't need to be. It, you didn't need to do that. It's nice, and I remember after the game, Kyle Shanahan spoke, we've been aggressive all year long. Yeah. That's how we play. Yeah. Guess what? It's the Super Bowl, man. It's not about being aggressive. This clock needs to run. Mm-hmm. Right. Because that's your friend. You want to get this thing over I with. I think in that situation, that too, they also didn't want to be the cowards and look like that they were scared of Belichick and the Patriots. Like, they were they were the aggressor. They had this halftime lead. They didn't want to all of a sudden— I do believe there's a sense of you send a message to your team like, oh, now we're all of a sudden we're scared or whatever, and and, and that oh we, we got this lead, but that's fine. Now we got to now we got to shut everything down. I'm I'm only speaking. But on you're that, a on field the Super goal Bowl. range. I mean, when Julio caught the ball, right. you're a field goal range. Let's run this clock, and we we need three. Yeah, we get three. Game's done. It's thirty-one-three. How do you know it doesn't get blocked and run back for a touchdown? Just like on what we criticize that play, but we wouldn't be criticizing if J. Ron Curse is able to make that tackle in bounds. I mean. Hey, well, my thing, my thing is, is this: is you, you can't slice the bread in two different directions. If you are one who, in the pre-McCarthy era, constantly just eviscerated the, the the previous regime's coaching staff for playing not to lose versus playing to win, you can't then have a problem with the aggression no. on the third down and ten. Yes. Now, you you could you could yes. have a problem with the play call itself. Right. Yeah. But trying to end the game with a kill shot, you can't say, oh, you shouldn't have done that if you if you're the same individual that got pissed regularly I, I, because sorry. the previous I, head coach <laughs> would not have taken that shot. At that point in time, I'm trying to I'm trying. I'm trying to make you burn up the timeouts because I want you to run Which the clock. Which is why John and I say have, did, have a release valve. I'm like where's, Dal- where's do Dalton Schultz? <laughs> you help. Them. Where's your boy where's Dalton Schultz? Fourth receiver. Yeah. Where's Hendershot <laughs> on the where, underneath? Yeah. Where's a back? Like just leaking. Yeah, I'll, leak I'll it out. Just yeah. Let, I'll just send saying. receivers the out there and Dak go run. So yeah. the play call is the question. Yeah. Not the aggressiveness is what we're saying. The aggressiveness, I'm fine with. The play call, you can dissect that as many ways as you like. But you, but the difference too, though, is like I know that you're not a big Sean McVay fan, and I am. And I think Sean McVay is always aggressive. And again, I think it's prisoner moment a little bit because they are the defending Super Bowl champs. I did like the way that they went about their business, and maybe he's not the guy to get you a Super Bowl dynasty, but I do like the aggressive. Just want one at this point. We That's should all. <laughs> I we just want all, the one. We just, should all hope to our teams make the Super Bowl, and the Bengals coaches out there doing his thing. So. Mm. I mean, he did get to the Super Bowl. I mean, that's, I mean they didn't at least he, their could, way he, he got he there. Had some the Bengals went the tough way. So. Yeah, and he he had some curious calls. And Joe, Joe along the way, Joe Burrow saved his bacon a bunch. Yeah. I just I don't think he's a great coach. I, I I watched that Super Bowl and I just thought I'm seeing two guys out here as head coach to make some curious decisions. And you know what? Luckily for Sean McVay. Zach made more questionable ones than he did. If you're and, right, then and, and the league and, doesn't have very many good coaches. And it into two Super Bowls. I mean, that and, doesn't speak very highly of the rest of the coaches. In the hey, league. look, he, he should have two Super Bowl wins. He should, should have won the first one. 
his offense wasn't any good. Uncle Wade was cooking. <laughs> okay? Uncle Wade was out there much, cooking. Defense was good. Much, much like what I said about the Niners, they also had something going on there that I thought was Yeah, yeah, quarterback couldn't make a play, but you know, <laughs> here we go. Let's take our uh, let's take our, our another break here. Uh, when we come back, boss man fat. <laughs> what else can I say? It's a meeting match right here nice. on Dallas <laughs> The season is finally here. For months, we've been gearing up to win. Now it's time for the team that performs on any field, United Ag and Turf. With John Deere zero turns for mowing, compact tractors for loading, mini excavators for digging, Gator utility vehicles for hauling, implements for grading, hay tools for baling, United Ag and Turf for winning. The official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com for more. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Little sweet! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Equal housing lender. Credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. Back Back, back, to Media Mash. Media Mash. Hey, look. On in the studio, it's the Colts. Vikings game. So well, if you're a Cowboy fan, uh, you can no. say, hey, Mm-mm. at least no, we didn't do that. Nope, nope, nope. You didn't the, do that. The nope. most unserious team in this league found a way to get the largest comeback in NFL history, regular season or playoffs, and it made me sick. I watched made me sick. this, the Cowboys game, if you're not a Cowboys fan, the Patriots game, that World Cup final. Like, I just don't understand people that don't like sports. Yeah, I just dumbest don't, play, I don't get dumbest play in NFL history? Patriots, Raiders, Raiders yeah. dumbest yeah. playing NFL Which, history. It's up, there. It's up there. <laughs> Who deserved the goat of the week more? Belichick or Saturday? Yes. Saturday. <laughs> no. Yeah, I'd go Saturday. Saturday. No, I would agree. I would Saturday. say Saturday. Yeah. One guy, it's an entire half of football. Right. Another guy, it's one play, you know. Yeah. That is well, wide receiver went rogue on. Well, I, mean, <laughs> I didn't hear the explanation. He, he said he was trying to be a hero. Yeah, he didn't no, have to He was. For the other team. That's right. Remember before that play. They they went down there, got that that crazy touchdown. Uh-huh. You know, so I mean, it was like it was it was a total choke job by the Patriots. Yeah, I, mean, I had the Patriots defense on watching. I'm like, why <laughs> points of this rate? What was going on? Oh man, what in the? Oh man, it was. <laughs> yes, you played the Patriots defense. 
Is, yeah. that, is that because of your feelings about the Raiders? Um, look, look, it got me double-digit points. No, I know. Got me double-digit points. You, know, yeah, yeah, you had a defense. <laughs> you had, hey, you took a defense on the road in Vegas? Man, They're how no, could you do such a thing? No, no more defensive fantasy. No more defense, man. Uh, Belichick, Belichick knows himself. There was a time when this this defense was was a pretty good fantasy defense too. Hey, hey, John. Now. Yeah, hey, you're, now. You're, you know hey what? Now. That long ago. Yes, hey they now. used to get sacks on the reg. On the reg. Sacks take one in the last two weeks now. One in the last two weeks. Hey, man, it's it's oh, it's boy. a problem. It, it's a problem, and I don't think Mike made an excuse when he said after the game to us, you know, "We're seeing yeah. different looks. Mm-hmm. People have made adjustments. That's that's what this league is. They've made adjustments. How do we slow them down? Nick Sirianni and the Eagles were the first team to really figure out. Okay, this is what we need to do this year to neutralize Micah Parsons. The misdirection we're giving these guys a whole bunch of problems out there. So, um, yeah, this. But I like I like McCarthy's answer on that yesterday too. Like. Micah. What's with you in this love fest with Mike McCarthy? Uh, this had, like, what's, some, what's going on with you and McCarthy? He's been dropping some dimes. Yeah, his press conference yesterday was really good. He's dropping some dimes. Yeah, no, his press conference yesterday was really good. Uh, he said basically like, yeah, Micah, what do you think is going to happen when you're in this league? He didn't say yeah. it this way, but that's basically what he was saying. He's like, what do you think is going to happen to you in this league? No matter where he's at, that's how Micah Parsons is going to be. Every week it's going to be something different against him because unless you – okay, if you're Micah Parsons, and I, and I thought about this because I was listening to that Von cast when he was on with Von Miller last week. Mm-hmm. You know, Vaughn's talking about just the impact it had on him being with that Rams team last year with an Aaron Donald in the middle. So there's only so much you can mm. do against Vaughn because mm-hmm. everybody is always there's no there, you're never going to single up Aaron Donald. And when you do, he immediately wrecks the game. And so you're never going to single up Micah or he'll wreck the game. So that's where someone else has to emerge. You know, Micah obviously has to still be superhuman Micah, but you need a. You know, a, a Dorrance Armstrong, you know, get that sack late, or, yeah. or Demarcus yeah. Lawrence, or uh, Osa, or somebody else has somebody to step else, up yeah. with a huge play. And this is what Dan Quinn's paid to do. So Jerry Jones spoke about Odell Beckham Jr., and mm. he's like, we run out of time to get something done here, guys. Run out of time. Run out of time here. So um, He sounded more disappointed than, let's say, maybe the did. fan base. Maybe He sounded oh, more disappointed, he sounded more disappointed <laughs> than Patrick Walker would sound about that, it. That balloon was very deflated. <laughs> <laughs> that, um, we, we're, this was after Thursday week, when he said yeah, Odell's we're, going we're, to join us. Right, right. We're yeah, the whole after thing. that and, yeah. and, you know, quote-unquote, stand by, and this thing could break at any moment, and um, here we are, and he's asked a question here today, and before he even started speaking, you heard the tone was going to be different. You heard the tone. So, and he he's making a valid point. As the days roll on, the Cowboys now only have three games left mm-hmm. in the regular season. No, you know Jared Bell, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Long-time NFL writer, Hall of Fame voter, you know, uh, best of the best. When he, when he gets a one-on-one with Jerry, you're always just like, oh, no, here we go. Because So he was out at the owners' meetings last week, so on yeah. Wednesday. Night. So we come out here and practice on Thursday, and I see he's out there. I'm just like, oh, no, we're gonna, this, something's going to happen here. He's going to get something. And sure enough, he gets that Odell quote. I'm just like, man, it's like he like when he's around, Jerry will get, always gives him something. There was I can't remember exactly what it was, but last, last year, I remember after a game, um, Jerry got – after he got done talking to the reporters, Jerry got one-on-one with him, and he told him something. I can't remember what it was, and I was just like – I don't know. I just now I'm always just like, oh, he's going to say something here. You know, he's just, I know he's going to say something. And when I saw that first quote in Jared's story, I'm like, well, it was just so weird how all of that just played out on Friday because obviously he talked to him Thursday. Right. And the story was published early Friday morning, but it was just kind of like nothing really happened. I think it was around maybe 11 or 12. 
And then people started to like, you know, see it and then put the quotes out there. It's like, well, wait a minute. He said this yesterday. Yeah. Yep. And all of a sudden it just kind of just like the dam broke. And next, you know, oh, Odell's coming to Dallas. Jerry said Odell's going to join us. And now we get today and it's just a real wet blanket. Which, which is, hey, one other thing. After Jared got done with that interview, we're back in that, in that media workroom. And Clarence has asked him like, hey, Jared, do you want to go get something to eat? Want to get something to eat? He's like, no, no, I'm kind of working on something. And again, I'm just like, damn it. <laughs> like you knew what <laughs> Maybe was Maybe we all shouldn't leave now. You knew. <laughs> you knew. You knew what was. Yeah. You knew. No. Well, I knew we had something. I didn't know what it was about. You know, I didn't know if it was Odell. Yeah. I didn't know. I mean, it could yeah. have been any. I mean, there's. I don't know. Well, and, and that's not. None of <laughs> us. Is, do it. Look, <laughs> you ain't. You gotta say something because you over there is just real. Look, look, like, Jared is. He, he's a Hall of Famer for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, he's great. You know that. That's the end of the day. People. There are people who just they're they're gifted at it. They. Yeah. You know, and people forget Jared was a beat writer here, so you know he got. He got early, Jerry. So he's got those early seeds of stuff in there. So he's able to to, to get what he gets and, and knows. That's the other key thing is knowing how to get what you like. How do I get yeah. what I need? Kind of like, how do I get my code red? How do yeah. I get that? that little <laughs> thing? Did you order the code red? No, you was right. I did. Yeah, like, like I know you. I know you want to say something. Uh-huh. So let, me, let me just get. Let get me just to lean you. into it just a little bit. And, and he knows. He, yeah. he knows how to. Uh-huh. He knows how to get that Finesse. nugget out of you. Thank yeah. you. And, and and do his thing. So that's that's you know, that's the the. And also, he'll stop for him. You know that. Yeah. That's that's half the battle. Well, I do this whole scrum and then go let you go get yours. Yeah. And he doesn't come around very often, so he'll be able to get a Sam right. Farmer. When Absolutely. before the, the LA before LA got football back, you know, Sam was always able to go get especially Jerry. Yeah. He was able to get Jerry and mm-hmm. get that extra time. I have seen Peter King do it. So there's certain folks yep. that, that Jerry is okay, you know, I like you and I'm gonna go go give you something and they, they pull out that nugget. So yeah. But you know what, and, and none of this is to say that because it, it, it's not over until it's over as far as the Give us negotiations between. <laughs> I, do I, I, I don't do that. I don't do that. You follow the odds and the unders and the overs. Love that that's, stuff. That's your thing. That's your thing. Love that. But I, I will say um, the tone is much different, obviously. Tone is also much different behind the scenes in the building as well. It's it's not – they've not stopped talking to Odell, but it's time to turn the page and see what T.Y. Hilton can There you go. That's what I'm talking about. There you go. Let's end it right there. T.Y. time. Yeah. T.Y. time, yeah. huh? Let's go. Let's go. The ghost. Oh, the ghost man. is in the building. Patrick Walker, DallasCowboys.com. Kevin Gray, 105.3. You got it. John Machado, The Athletic. Check him out. Uh, anything on the injury report, by the way? I don't have one it has, yet. hasn't dropped yet. Oh, hasn't, hasn't dropped, dropped yet. yet. But okay. just a quick practice squad update. The Cowboys re-signed um, linebacker Malik Jefferson. They recently waived him to sign Anthony Rush for nose tackle depth in the wake of losing Jonathan Hankins for the regular season. But having lost Leighton Vanderesh for a short period of time, he's expected to return. They did not have a single linebacker on the practice squad. So Malik Jefferson is back to make room. Seth Green, the tight end, is out. All so. right. Great stuff. Love it. Love it. New East Coast, the Media Bash. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here on DallasCowboys.com Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!